and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. What, why are you confused? Yeah. Well, no. Here's the thing. I, I always I keep trying to come up with different inflections on how to say oh. I'm Jake, and I couldn't come up with one right there, so I decided to go with confused. Well, last was it last week? You go I'm Jake. Foghorn. Foghorn. <laughs> yeah. Like fog- mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, this is episode 100. The 100. And we kept racking our brains on what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're always talking about history and politics and we're just two white men just mulling over the world. Yeah. But what about the future, Jake? We're millennials. Yeah. But we're old. But millennials are getting older. We are old. We're old men. You got a full beard. I do. I have that. (laughs) <laughs> I need to so, shave. what about the future, Jake? The future is important. The future, and, and, I, th- and I think it's bright. Yes, because millennials, our generation, kind of suck. It sucks real bad. And the generations that were that came before us, mm-hmm. kind of suck. Maybe all generations suck. I think that's a, a little bit. Yeah, but it's time. I think we were talking about it, and it's like I think the perfect way. Yeah, you and I kind of came to this conclusion together. The perfect way to honor our show is to give voice to the next generation coming up and uh that's what we've done how do we do that we have a guest we have a guest (gasps) who is it hi 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 (laughs) who are you i'm alex who's alex i am jeff's niece that's right you're my niece Mm -hmm. welcome you've been talked about a lot on this show i have heard that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think people are going to be excited to hear you um you know, I, I talk a big game, but now it's time for you to have your own voice. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming on. Yes, Why don't thank you. Why you introduce yourself? Tell our listeners, I don't know, a little about yourself. We know you're my niece. You're 13. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Ugh. And uh, tell, me, tell the listeners more about yourself. Well, um, I'm going into my eighth grade year. I play lacrosse. Mm. And I am almost a black belt, actually. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. COVID's kind of put everything to halt around that. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. A everything. Lacrosse, what? huh? We we had a. That's two lacrosse players we've had on in three weeks. I know. Carter what plays lacrosse. About? If you listen to Carter's episode, Jake's friend Carter came on and he plays lacrosse. Oh, cool. Yeah. I guess it's a thing now. Yeah. I can accept lacrosse. Baseball, unacceptable, but we'll allow lacrosse. So you're saying in the hierarchy of games with sticks, yes. lacrosse better than baseball? It is. Yes. Okay. Hockey above all. Oh, because hockey also has sticks. Yeah. Okay. I disagree. I think lacrosse is cooler than hockey. Okay. I've never seen lacrosse be played, mm. but I feel like hockey takes more athleticism. Well, because you have to be on you're ice. You're on ice. Yeah. You're on blades. Cutting, stopping. Yeah, but okay. I don't know. <laughs> lacrosse is pretty cool though. Dude. The way they like they have to like they're just how, running. How, how fast they wing that stuff though, and like their passes, like and then you have to catch it in the net. They're doing the same thing on ice. Yeah, but you got like this thing, and it like it skates across the ice, and you can like put it down and like capture it. I don't know. I don't know. know. I I don't don't know. know. The jury's still out. Okay. Uh, what do you like to do for fun, Alex? Um, I like to read. You do like to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I've been getting into painting rocks, actually. Oh, okay. It's you told me a fun. little bit about that. How'd you get into that? 
my grandma Lynn, actually, she started it so that we can hide them around campsites when we go camping. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So is, is that like, like are there like, mess, like word messages on them or are you just like... It could like be pa- anything. Anything. Okay. Like what rainbows. have you painted? I've done like rainbows, butterflies, mm. messages, things like that. That's awesome. What if you did like really dark things like the devil <laughs> and like... <laughs> <laughs> Animal carcasses painted on her rock. Six six six. <laughs> <laughs> She's just talking about rainbows and butterflies. If people find a nice rainbow, they're like, "Oh, that's sweet." And then they find like a dead bird painted <laughs> on a rock. They're like, "Oh God!" I think that'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. People so, would get up and leave that campsite. Did you talk about bringing paint stuff when we go camping? Do you have paint stuff? Uh, it's still coming. Oh, you everything should some? be here by the okay. end of this week. We're going camping. Uh, first week of September, so she's talking about painting rocks then. Oh, nice. Where are you guys going? Uh, Billy Chinook. Okay. So she's never been, mm-hmm. my sister's never been, and Jen has never been. To Billy Chinook? Yeah. And neither have I. Oh, dude, it's, I just love the desert. I love the desert. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I do. And it's on that side of the mountain, and it's hot, and it's on a lake, and it's at this campsite that we went to for my brother's bachelor party. So, I've been there. I used to go there a bunch um, when I was younger and then with friends. So, now I'm going to take these fools. I was going to say, like, you always talk about how much you go camping. And it's never really registered in my mind how big of a camping family you guys are until I helped you move. And you had all of that, dude, <laughs> so much camping stuff. Okay, so the dude, big... it's nuts. And you got, and then I'm, I'm interested, wait, wait, of course they have all this camping stuff. They go like seven, eight times a year. You guys are always going oh, camping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome. Well, my so. grandparents went a lot. Um, and uh, so my grandma moved out of her home and now lived with my mom. And she had all this camping stuff. And when we were like moving it all, she was like, Jeff, you can have all my camping stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have all her stuff and it feels kind of cool. Like when you show up, like, I, I I don't know. It's, it's like a joke with Jen's mom. Like whenever she like, whenever we go somewhere, she always brings her camper. Okay. I'm like, mom, we don't need the camper. Like we're staying in an Airbnb. Like they're going to have everything. And then we were going through the kitchen of the Airbnb and we're like, crap, dude, do we have this? And she's like, I do in the camper. Like, she always has everything we need. And to be that person, like on the man trip, mm-hmm. I bring all my camp gear. So then guys are like, oh my gosh, I don't have a cutting board or I don't have a spatula. It's like, Shing, I got it all, guys. <laughs> oh, go, go, gadget camper. Yes. We love camping. I mm-hmm. love it. I love being outside. It's, I mean, after Dexter died and stuff, it's the first thing I wanted to do was like get outside and reconnect. Yeah. I love being outside, but I like going to sleep in my own bed. So the I am. I am is the worst part. I yeah. am day trip guy to the fullest. I will spend all day, uh, but I'm going home at the end of the night. Day trip guy, I like day that. trip guy. <laughs> well, that's why like Jen and I have been like thinking. Um, you know, her car's almost paid off. My car's paid off, and like we're like, well, we can't live without a payment. We need to have more payments. Just kidding. Uh, but we have been looking at buying like a camper, mm. like a tent. That's like what a, you're saying. Yeah, like a tent pop-up camper those are cool they're small like a, like a tent trailer thing kind of thing yeah yeah it's small I have one as a kid. pop one up and then there's a bed there i mean that's got to be way more we always sleep in the element mm-hmm. which has been amazing but it's just i'm getting old and i want to like sleep on like something more comfortable yeah i hear you being comfortable and having snacks 
the most important things when being outdoors? I don't know. That's why I don't like fishing because you run out of when you run out of snacks, you're just bored. You're just sitting there, and you're just sitting there. Alex fishes. Mm-hmm. Do you? Tell us about your fishing. Um, I go with my grandpa Doug. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Haven't done it. I did it recently. We didn't catch anything, sadly. So that's typical for fishing. I hate mm-hmm. fishing. But do you like going out there either way? It's fun. Yeah. The place that we go to, it's like really pretty. Where do you go? Do you know? No, I don't know. Do you get up early? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that there's the other thing. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I get up early for one thing, and even that, even that, it has to be like it's hunting, and that's yeah. because it's like my ma- like one of my biggest passions. So that drive is the only thing that can get me out of bed yeah. in the morning. If it's going out and if I could just cast a line into the water and just leave it there for the rest of the day and never have to like tend to it, yeah, I'd be fine with it. Well, but, isn't that like crabbing or something? Yeah, crabbing's fun. Okay. Crabbing is fun because it, it's so exciting when you get, you're seeing the ring and you're, word, you're wondering how many are going to be in there when you pull right. it up. Like, that's fun. But, like, you constantly have to, like, reel in and rebate your hook. Like, that's gross. And your hands get all crusty because you're dealing with worms. And no thank you. <laughs> but more power to everybody who wants to fish because yeah. that's the end. Like, I work at a fishing store. Alex so. and I had this whole conversation last weekend about mm-hmm. you teaching me how to fish. Because I don't know how. And then we're talking about just like, you know, I don't want to kill anything. Uh-huh. How do we go about this where I don't have to kill it? And she doesn't do all the gutting and stuff. Her grandpa Mm-mm. does. So I told her, next time, have grandpa teach you how to gut it and take care of it. Then you can teach me how to do it. Mm. I could do all of this on YouTube, but I think it'd be more fun. To have I, can, my, I mean, I can show you how to gut it. Jake, I was just going to say, it'd be funny to have my 13-year-old niece show me how to do it. Oh, that would be better. she'd be like... Like, I got this, uncle, and just gutting a fish. I'd be like, oh, my God. It'd be impressive. That would be impressive. <laughs> okay. So, how have you been this week, Jake? This week's been all right. No, it hasn't. You've gone dark. I've gone dark? Yes. What do you mean? I don't know. I just hear from you less. You don't respond. I, oh, my God. I don't respond? I respond. You don't respond. What? Until What? Until you have something that you want to say. Hmm. <laughs> let's see. Let's see all the times Jake didn't. Oh, I shared something on uh, Instagram. No response. Oh, two things on Instagram. No response. Wait, and like sending them through DMs? Yeah, dude. DMs. I responded this morning. Um. Okay, you responded to Donald Trump. Well, of course. I mean... <laughs> You have to. Uh, yeah, you just, I don't know why it is you don't like me, but I'm trying. I'm trying to just earn your friendship. <laughs> oh, goodness. I didn't want to lose any more tacos. Cause That's you, true. You tried, mm-hmm. ba- you tried baiting me into, uh, into the game. How? You're like, how are you feeling about this game? And you know how damn well I was feeling about that game. And <laughs> I was sitting on the edge of my seat. And yeah. then I was, and you're like, how are you feeling about it? I'm like, they're probably going to lose. And then I was like, I'm not betting tacos. I already owe too many. Jake, don't do it. But I can't not bet tacos because now, I don't know. Does it break? I can't do it. I can't say it. Don't I'm very, it. I'm don't a very superstitious person. I'm not saying it. I know what you're thinking. Don't say it. Yep. Not no, saying it. Don't say it. Because once I've said it, the magic's gone. Yep. Uh, what's funny is I mentioned last week I'd been talking to your dad a little bit on social media. Oh, yeah. And he replied to one of my stories about the Trailblazers. And he's like, <laughs> he goes, are they going to win it all? Probably not. They're going to blow it and lose everything like they always do. And I go, I just replied, you sound like your son. 
<laughs> Except I actually watch them. That's true. You got to watch them. You can't be a hater and not watch them. Yeah. But here's the difference. Okay, I, we're so used to Blazers blowing leads. Yeah. Anybody who's watched the Blazers, you're used to them. Some sort of fourth quarter collapse, no matter how big the lead is. Like you've seen it, you've seen it way too often, and you just expect it at this point. Right. What can go wrong will go wrong, and when it, when it comes to the Blazers, yes. Except for this guy named Damian Lillard is yeah. not only is he fighting refs, he's fighting the fact that he has basically no supporting cast. His best. That's pl- not true. He's got Nurkic okay. and CJ with a broken back. Yes. But now Collins is out for an indefinite amount of time. Stupid. Um, they're starting Wenyan Gabriel. I mean, he's out there hustling, bro. He is hustling, bro. You just hate bigs. I, I just... I don't know. I I don't want to get hyped because I don't want to be Blazer hype man that just like... Because there's been so many guys that we've hyped up and then they turn out to be Garbo. Like, yeah. Like Jake Lehman. I never hyped up Jake Lehman. Yes, you. I, I've no, maybe you didn't. I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. if you didn't. No, that was my friend Matt. See, yeah, sorry. I don't do it. Um, but Damian Lillard is is fighting the. He's breaking the curse, man. He's making me believe that when they go down six with like four minutes left, that the game's not over. Well, not only that, we it's kind of been that for the last few years, right? We're going down, we lose the lead, and everyone, everyone. Like the whole world Co- collectively turns panics and looks at Dame like help, <laughs> <laughs> and Dame sometimes comes through. Most <clears throat> most of the time comes through, but not they always. May, they not may, always for the win. They may not always win, but yes. he 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 gets them in position for the yes. win. Yes. So what I see a difference in is everybody fans now mm-hmm. turning to Dame and going, "Oh God!" But I feel like it's been long enough where everybody feels like. I could do this too. CJ hits a big shot. Mello hits a big shot. Gary Trent Jr. hits a big shot. He's hit big shots. So everybody's turning to Damien. The other team is turning and looking at Damien like, we know he's going to do something. Dude, he comes off that screen half court, hits that shot, and I'm like, oh, we my got shooters. God. We got shooters. So he hits that shot. Now he's got way more attention on him. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's kind of used to like, okay, we know that when it comes crunch time, Dame's the guy. Well, now there's so much attention on him. It gives other opportunities for other guys to step up. Yeah, I agree. And someone was saying, someone made a good point because I always hear this as a narrative, especially with like amongst Blazer media. Oh, if we just had a Reza or Hood. Yeah. And that would be true. But if a reason Hood were playing in the bubble, we, w- we wouldn't be seeing Gary Trent Jr. And That's a good point. Like how much more defensive how i guess how much more production would we really be seeing mm-hmm. if you take trent off and replace him with ariza or you take trent off and you place him with hood yeah because i mean trent has been hitting threes at an insane clip yeah and he's been playing as defense. about as good as defense as you could yeah. ask anybody to guard the wings dude he's been getting switched on lebron and like kind of hanging a little bit obviously size is an issue but yeah he's out there trying mm-hmm. that's all i ask yeah it's all you can ask. I mean, and defense is, defense is all about hustle. Yeah. Do you like basketball, Alex? I do. Do you? Mm-hmm. Don't just say it because I'm sitting here. <laughs> no, I I've do. I've been jamming it down your throat since you were born. Mm-hmm. You had blazer onesies. You had all the blazer gear. Mm-hmm, I did. Do you like it? I do. Do you? Mm-hmm. What do you like about it? Tell me now. It's fun to watch. It's my favorite sport to watch. Oh! oh. My heart. I'm getting all choked up already. That does me so good. Okay, good, good. Have, do you watch football? No. 
I don't watch football. Have you ever been forced to watch football? Yes. How do you feel about it? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> By football, you mean soccer, right? Oh, do you like soccer? No. That's boring. Have you ever uh-huh. gone to one? No. Okay, that's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> it is the difference. I'm telling you. No, maybe. I've been telling Jake for years. If you go to a soccer game, it's way tighter. Okay, I will go to. I will go to a Timbers game with you. I mean, they're the champions, dude. They're champions of the the tournament. No, they're the champions of the MLS. No, that Two-time was time champions. No, that was like a tournament. The okay. regular season then started this now. This doesn't count as a championship for the Blazers if they win. But it's not a tournament. It's actually an extension of the regular it season. It is a tournament. Yeah, it's an ex- it's the playoffs as an extension of the regular season. If you're going to discredit the Timbers, I'm discrediting the Blazers. It doesn't count. That's a bummer. That now. hurts you. I know. I don't even care if they win now. I hope Lakers win. Whatever. I don't hope Lakers win. Exactly. Shame on me for ever saying I that. know, Mike. God, turn in your Blazers. Okay, fan card. if Blazers don't win, who do you want to win it all? Hmm? If Blazers don't win, who do you want to win it all? Um, I have a team already. Do you? Mm-hmm. It's nobody from the West. Nope. Um, I kind of like Boston. Oh. Okay. I like Brad Stevens. No judgment here. Okay. Who's Lots your team? Of judgment. Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. Nah, I don't like Giannis. Dude, Robin, Wesley, uh, everyone else on that team is awesome. They got Connaughton, yeah. I just Connaughton, don't like, I yes. just don't like, I don't like Giannis. I don't, I don't like Why? Eric, and I don't like Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, Phoenix Suns, he screwed him. And um, and he was always a blazer killer when he was with Phoenix. And, the, um, and I also don't like Chris Middleton. Whoa, dude! He hates everybody on that team. Yeah, that's why I don't want. That's why I don't want Milwaukee to win. All right, well, I would be more. I would be better. I would be more fine if Toronto ends up winning. Whoa! Again? Again? Yeah, that would be hilarious. Without Kawhi? Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Especially if they meet the Clippers. Especially if they meet the Clippers. That's fair. In the because I'm not a huge Kawhi fan either. Although I really respect his game. I mean, he's damn good. But he is damn good. He's the best two way player in the league. Yeah, Yeah. easily. Uh, Alex, Mm -hmm. Legos. We were talking about yeah. my Legos. You like Legos? I do. Um, you don't really play. Do you play with Legos or do you build Legos? How do you feel about that? Building. I, I don't do it anymore, really. But that's what I'm saying. Like, do you look at it like, oh, I build a Lego or I play with Legos? Oh, building Legos. Is there Legos. a difference? Yes, there is, in my opinion. I think so, too. What's the difference? Building Legos, it's like what jeff has he has these statues other mm. things could be like movable play sets or things like that okay i see that what's playing though. with them you know like how you do with any other toys you just oh okay them. okay because i was thinking just randomly piece stuff together yeah that's mm-hmm. what i was thinking is yeah. randomly piecing it together that's more of like a play or more of like a creative thing mm. mm-hmm. hmm anyways i'm super into legos now I don't know why. It just it keeps me busy. It's like you were telling me, Alex, that like it just helps you just it's kinda nice to relax and just mm-hmm. chill with it. And I was saying I heard Q talk about it on podcast, Q from Practical Jokers. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing it and you know, when I'm hanging out or Jen's watching a show, I two nights ago I built the Boba Fett head and it's chill. Looks good. I, I've kind of seen it come together because yeah. it was like halfway done last week. The White House is released in four days. Oh, really? I'm probably going to get it. It's like the whole White House with the wings and everything. Really? Yeah. Really? It's going to be awesome. 
That's going to take a while. Wait. I can't wait. Well, it's like this big, dude. Like, they had one where they just did, like, the front of the White House, mm-hmm. like, just that part of the main part, but now they've expanded it to, like, this big. I'd love to do the Washington Memorial. Dude, the uh, Statue of Liberty mm-hmm. is, like, $100. Is it really? I mean, really? the White House is $100. I'm going to pay for it. I think it's worth it because it's big enough. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole White House with the plants and everything. That's awesome to me. Yeah. Statue of Liberty is just like, this is a Statue of Liberty. Anyways, you were mentioning earlier before we started recording, like, you're like, oh, you got kind of like a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is like clear out that shelf and like the top shelf and have like all my Legos up there like displayed. And that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, so I have on this shelf all my Batman stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't I can't buy Batman Legos. Like, I have so much Batman stuff. It's a Batman overwhelming in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I also like Star Wars, but I also love Disney. So that's kind of like I'm have like Batman, Disney, uh, Star Wars, and then like this is so nerdy, but like government. Mm-hmm. So I there's a those little blockheads. Yeah, they have a Statue of Liberty one. That's just it's so cute. Mm-hmm. It's just small little Statue of Liberty. I'm probably gonna get that with the White House. And dude, if they could do presidents as little blockheads, that would be awesome. That would be cool. You mm-hmm. can p- submit Lego ideas. Maybe I'll do that. Mm. That'd be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> Have you seen that show, that game show, like the Building Legos game show? I saw like commercials. Did yeah, you ever watch it? I watched like a couple episodes. Was it cool? Yeah, it was pretty cool. What are they? Are they building sets or are they building from like random? Like, or like here build this and they have a bunch of legos that they have i don't know how it works how so it works. it's kind of like they have a category and then they just figure out what they're gonna build mm. oh like a oh that's cool mm-hmm. almost like um like cake wars or something where it's yeah. like halloween and they have to build whatever they want mm-hmm. dude that sounds awesome i should watch that show you should watch it that sounds cool speaking of shows she's instantly smiling what am I thinking about, Alex? Big Brother. Big Brother. Oh, that started for you, didn't it? Dude, not just for me. For the world. For the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get home last night, and last night's episode was on, uh, and it was we recorded it in DVR, and then I got home at 10.30. Mm-hmm. Had to swing by Dairy Queen, get us all ice cream. Full course. Four, and then we watched the newest episode of Big Brother, and... I mean, we've been watching this. You've been watching it for how long? Maybe um, three years. Yeah. Three years. Um, and ever since Alex started watching and getting into it, she's like, I want to go on the show. And our dream would be to go on together mm. because people, sometimes they'll do that. They'll put people who know each other or whatever. And whether we go in pretending like we don't know each other or we do admit that we know each other, we probably wouldn't do that because then we'd get kicked out real quick. But, <laughs> she, you know, since she was, you know nine so it was about nine maybe mm-hmm. four years alex was like i want to go on the show like and so i've always like like yeah we would be a great duo it'd be so fun to like go undercover but the more and more i watch a show with this kid she gets the game sometimes on a level that i can't even like she sees things about the game that i'm just like i did not even think about that mm-hmm. like this guy he so for those who don't know, it's a bunch of people who live in a house. You compete for p- 
power, then you nominate people, and then the rest of the house votes them out. You can win a power veto, take yourself off the block, then you have to replace someone. Either way, the goal is to get vote people out to be the last two. And then there's a jury of the last seven who then select a winner. So, like, there's this guy who who nominates these two people this week, and his excuse was that they didn't compete in a co- an elective competition. Well, really, he just chose those two because there are really only two people who aren't in his alliance that he's created. And I'm like, I'm like what a crappy excuse. Like, you're just going to say, like, hey, you didn't compete, and I told you you should have competed, and you didn't do it, so ha-ha, you suck. I'm going to put you up. Like, that's just my frame of reference. And Alex just goes, well, what about everybody else he didn't nominate who didn't compete? Why aren't any? Why isn't anybody calling him out? If that's your excuse and that's what you've told the house, there's a huge excuse to push back on that guy and say, "What about all these people? Are you in alliance with them?" And I'm just like blown away by her game like mm. breakdown. It's awesome, Jay. I've never watched the show, so I have no idea what you're it's talking just, about. Yeah, I know. Tell him he <laughs> needs to get with it. I just, I don't know, man. It's such like a, it's TV. such a social, such a social world like I, I don't know it is a big social experiment and it's so interesting to me mm-hmm. i love it it's fun anyways I like it. the more and more you get older alex and the more and more i watch a show with you the more and more i think just go alone dude you would kill it by yourself like she gets it it's interesting you should watch it, Jake. Okay, I, I thought it, I just thought it was like some sort of like weird dating thing. No, no. I mean there are people who like. There's couples who have been like met their now spouses on there, mm. but not about dating. Okay, Mm-mm. it's about winning a half a million dollars, dude. Ooh, half a mil. Yeah, and second place gets fifty grand. Well, we're good for them. That's worth, and you get paid the whole time you're in there. Really? And you mm-hmm. get fed, mm. and you get to compete. I should go on there. It'd be awesome. Haven't you applied? No, I thought about it. Mm. They did a casting call in Ridgefield at the casino one time. Okay. And it didn't go. I need to just do it. Screw it. But they're all like millennials and they're all fit. And I might not be fit, but I could play that game. You could. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. What are you thinking, Jay? I don't know. I don't know anything about that show, so I, I got know. nothing to comment. Nothing to comment. All right. Well, I guess we'll switch gears into something Jake does know. About what? I don't know. Politics. You sent me a bunch of questions. Oh, did I? Well, you sent her a bunch of questions. Oh, that's true. Through you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about these questions, Jake. Why did you ask these questions? What questions well, did I you just, ask? Well, I just figured that we would, I think it would probably be best to start with Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because I think it's a good primer to talk about government more generally. Because I think Animal Farm, even though it's it's about the Russian Revolution and the rise of and like the rise of communism, but it's also allegorical in the sense that it um, the pitfalls of self the pitfalls and and um, and uh, problems. Well, not problems, but the problems that people can run, I guess, run into through so with self governance. Yeah, and how power and you know and then apathy play a huge power and then power corrupting and then apathy amongst the the populace can create for tyrannical government. So 
Alex read the book recently. Alex so did I, read the book So recently. I thought that we would uh, start with just a discussion on what you thought about uh, Animal Farm. You read it for leisure, which I love. That's inc- Yeah, that's crazy because I, I read it first for school. I mean, so. I read it for leisure too, but in high school you're forced to read it. And I keep giving her these books to read mm-hmm. that are great books that are staple books, you know. But then she always goes to school and they're like, hey, guess what? You have to read this now. Mm-hmm. And it's like every time she runs into that, she's like, I've already read this, but I, I guess I'll take an A, I guess. Because mm-hmm. then she does. You do read it a second time or no? Like I read the, it a second time. The giver you read second mm-hmm. time. Yeah. All right. What did you think of Animal Farm? I thought it was very interesting. Why did you? I gave it to you. I've given you a ton of books. Why did you say like, this is the one I want to read right now? Because... um. One, I wanted to read about it because important information, you know. Mm-hmm. I like I like dystopian novels like that. Mm. Where you think it's dystopian? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because it's a future kind of, but uh-huh. like I don't really know how to explain it. It's a different way society could have gone, I guess. That's interesting. Mm, okay, I see that. So I think when you say dystopian, I didn't. I don't. I don't think it's a dystopian book. But what I think that you're what you're tying it together is like, is like it is almost like the formation of a society that's after humans. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could kind of talk about, uh, um, you could kind of throw in, um, planet of the apes. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyways, continue. Um, why'd you read it? It was, I thought it was, it was going to be like an interesting book where mm-hmm. I could like learn things in a way where it's not like a history book. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, like, no, but like when they're so full of information, I it's hard to mean. read. Yeah. Like a nonfiction mm-hmm. is way more dense of just like. And dry. And dry. Yeah. Very yeah. dry. I think that's a good point. It's a way, it's Animal Farm is a way to learn about processes of government without having to read about it in a history in a in like a history textbook right mm-hmm. right so okay or just like delivers the information in a deadpan way mm-hmm. this way through through you know like literary devices and substituting oh. animals in for uh, for key historical figures because right. right like the um who old major you know that's lenin mm-hmm. right and then you've got napoleon who would be stalin and mm-hmm. um Box, you know, the, the animal boxer is like a, is you know like a representation of like the the workers who really bought into the system and like are really ideological. And then you got like the donkey, who is like the super pessimist, who's always thinking that things are going to go wrong. Things are always the same. Mm-hmm. Things are always going to go wrong because just no matter what happens, it all just ends up the same. Right. Um, which would be more of I don't know, kind of like the old. I don't. Some of I. Anyway, it's. There's a lot. It's there's a lot there. Right. So uh, you're texting me over and over like, who? Do, what does this represent? Mm-hmm. What does this represent? What does this represent? One was the donkey, like, mm-hmm. and then and, and the horses and all that, which is great. But <clears throat> without having the historical context, it's. In, I wanted you to read it and see what you gained from mm-hmm. just the behaviors of the animals and and the situations of the animals. Um, what did you think overall? Like, did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. I thought was, it was a very good was book. Was it hard to read? Because I know that sometimes I've given you books and you're like, some of these words are a little rough in here. No. Okay. Good. It was very, very easy. Orwell, man. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, or Orwell himself, like you can just you can you can tell how his 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 um his writing in influenced well his his uh, his life influenced his writing mm-hmm. and how he saw the world. What you said about earlier about like um, literary devices and stuff, and that's why I was an English major. I think mm-hmm. at first is I fell in love with reading. Um, and reading stories that reflected humanity and you're you're seeing you're seeing human you're seeing humanity in these books written by you know people and you're like oh i mean here's a story about love and here's a story about uh government and here Mm -hmm. you know there's all these themes or or real life issues that are tackled in fiction i thought that that was so fun to break down and deconstruct but what I ended up realizing was that what I love about it is the history. And I switched to history. But now, recently, I've started feeling like I kind of want to go back to like reading kind of classic novels mm-hmm. that we look to to deconstruct because they reflect history. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That's ref- what I fell in love with English for. They, they reflect the time in which they were written. Right. And yeah. that's what I love about these books like reading mm-hmm. just nonfiction is they reflect that time. So whenever I read a book, it's like, Oh, this is awesome. Um, when it takes, I usually, I usually like, like time pieces, like to kill a mockingbird or, or even, um, even animal farm. Like it is based on something, right. Mm-hmm. Even though it's fiction and it's animals. Um, and I say that with that caveat because I'm not, I'm not reading Harry Potter and going, I wonder what it was like for J.K. Rowling at this time. Like, yes. I'm sure there are reflections of that time that she's imposed mm-hmm. in there, but it's not the same as like here's a timepiece about whatever. Yeah. Um, there's this book called Less Than Zero. I've had it forever by Brad Easton Ellis. I think is who the author is. Anyways, he he wrote American Psycho, and I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've never read it, but I've seen it with Christian Bale. Oh yeah. Dude, I haven't seen it. Dude, but it's awesome. It's dark, but this is another one about like some big money guy like partying and going through the eighties and living through the eighties. I think that that stuff's so interesting. But anyways, I'm just blabbing. I love books and I want to start reading more. <laughs> um, but what I love about it that we're talking about here is the reflection of actual life and mm-hmm. and things that we're working through or we have worked through or lessons taught through these literary devices i think is so fun um go ahead so alex what did you think about how the animals decided to set up their government with like the pigs at the top i thought it was interesting how they they were the first ones to just instantly take charge there was no question they were just they knew immediately that they were in charge and then all the other animals just kind of accepted it Mm -hmm. and then based through that you know the seven commandments Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. were made and obviously you know throughout the book they were changed altered and i thought it was just very interesting how nobody thought to think well you know maybe what if the cows want to be in charge you know why don't we get someone else in there Mm -hmm. but it was just the pigs the power was just represented by the pigs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. So do you think that the the role that the pigs played in the revolution had kind of gave them kind of gave them that uh, that power or at least like the other animals saw the pigs and just allowed them to take that position because of their role in the revolution? I think so because of 
old major mm-hmm. i think maybe they thought oh well they're they're wiser they must be wiser because they see these futures of us being on this farm where no humans are and that oh that's sense. a good point mm-hmm. so like she's saying like because they could foresee what could be mm-hmm. that that gave them also an intellectual superiority yeah interesting mm-hmm. so as why do you think none of the so I, I, want, I wanted to get your your um, your take on the relationship between Napoleon and Snowball. How do you when Napoleon starts to, because they they both are kind of co-revolutionary leaders, but then that relationship sours over time. I kind of wanted to get your your thoughts on how that whole on how that played out. I thought um, actually, what does the windmill like? What does that mean? Is that just put in the book? Or did it represent something that they were trying to make? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the windmill was was a needed like industri- like they needed it to um, to become self sufficient. And originally, it was Snowball's idea. Mm-hmm. And Napoleon used the idea of the windmill against Snowball. Mm-hmm. But then later, once Snowball was ousted, Napoleon orders not wasn't just an idea that they should collectively do this. Napoleon orders the, the all the animals to then build the windmill and then talk about how it, it was his idea and it's going to make the farm more sufficient. But really what it did is it industrialized the farm and allowed them to sell their excess to humans, which was originally they did it, clan, Napoleon and Squealer and the rest of the pigs did it kind of clandestine. And then it, over time, it just kind of came came out that they had been selling and trading with humans, which should have been illegal by the seven commandments. But then by that time, the animals had forgotten what the original wording was. They'd become apathetic and they didn't there at that time. They didn't really have any, by that time they didn't really have any recourse to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see like what your, I guess really what your, you thought on the role of propaganda and how that can, how that can be played in terms of messaging and narratives within within like a society what propaganda the way that napoleon used propaganda against snowball like and changed how snowball was like snowballs um how snowball was was viewed by the animals Mm -hmm. from being like this revolutionary hero to being a villain because then when because then he like blamed snowball for helping with frederick's uh the frederick the farmer who and that that battle ends up destroying the, the windmill and then saying that Snowball was a part, like Snowball was a part of that. and Which is kind of a huge element, I think, to mm-hmm. this story. So mm-hmm. you, like he's talking about, so what did you think of like Snowball being co-equal leader, right? But then you see him kind of, his character kind of being chipped away at and things being changed about his story. So in the revolution, he was like this, no, no, when the humans came back and they attacked him, Snowball like, chased one away like and was awesome right mm-hmm. but then that story starts chasing like he he actually brought the humans in and it mm-hmm. was a part of his plan so what do you think of that whole like change of who he was and why they you know the like he's saying the process of of i don't know what the what i'm looking for you said it best <laughs> propaganda yeah propaganda yeah. the process of the propaganda and degrading this character what do you think of that whole like you had two leaders, and one leader is trying to make mm-hmm. this leader seem like less of a leader. Well, um, Napoleon's idea was to just teach the younger, the babies, to um, to be smart, to mm-hmm. teach them, the dogs, 
which became his police, basically. Mm-hmm. And Napoleon wanted to teach all the animals, and which didn't end up happening. And so now there are all these very, um, not not smart, I mm-hmm. guess, but they're very, um, I don't know the word, they can they take this information in because that's all they know they don't they don't really think otherwise in Mm. my opinion so when they have this leader that's saying that they trust that's saying oh well this person is bad because they did this this, and this Mm -hmm. and you know boxer he says napoleon's always right Mm -hmm. and so you have these animals who know nothing other Mm. than what this is and so it makes sense how they would just accept it. So they're isolated in the Mm -hmm. farm and the narrative is controlled. And then you have those who do believe regardless, like boxer who's reinforcing those ideas. Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting point because you have the pigs who are saying, this is how it is. This is how it is. But now when you add somebody else other than the pigs, like boxer saying, yeah, that is how it is. And it works. I think you're, you know, as, so now pretend that's humans, right? Mm-hmm. You have the leaders who are saying this is how it is, this is how it is. And then you have a group represented like by boxer saying, well, this is how it is and it's working. In a li- isolated system where you're maybe not thinking for yourself, you go, well, yes, I'm doubting the leaders, but also they're saying it works. So maybe it does work. Mm-hmm. The translation there is to humans, right? So we're watching this whole, th- or we're reading this whole thing about these animals developing a system and, and trying to make it work or manipulating the system. Mm-hmm. And then how does that translate to humans? Mm-hmm. I just think it, it's all summed up in the, like in the, like how they eventually changed all of the wording to saying all animals are equal, but some animals are more, are equal. more equal than others. I was waiting to hear, I wanted you to get to that point. What did you think about the changing of, the um, the is it amendments is that what they call it commandments command commandments mm-hmm. commandments that's right so what did you think about the changing of them i wasn't very surprised why because when the first time they did uh four legs good two legs bad mm-hmm. of just a summary mm-hmm. well that's it wasn't really a summary of what it was because i think as a government and not teaching the kids like i said the animals Mm -hmm. like i said before you know they're not going to remember because they can't read Mm. only some of them and so when their memory is good and you have these pigs going around saying oh well maybe it was a dream oh well it's this Mm -hmm. you know and it's very they're very six i don't know the word um it's very interesting that nobody thought to look into it more Mm -hmm. to me so I was thinking about when they do kind of look it into it more. So you have a four legs good, two legs bad, right? Mm-hmm. So in there's a part in the book where they start going, well, wait, what about like birds? How does that apply to birds? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think about that? So they there is a here's a rule, right? And now they're starting to kind of pick away and like show some flaws in that rule. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like the animals doing that? Do you think that these rules were changed because, oh, hey, maybe these rules don't work? No. Or why did they change them? Because um, the pigs, they're greedy, they're selfish, mm-hmm. and they wanted to do what the rules told them not to. They wanted to sleep in beds. Mm-hmm. So they made the rules. They should not, animals should not sleep in beds with sheets. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted to drink alcohol and they wanted to do all of these things mm-hmm. that told them not to. Mm-hmm. And so they changed them because they can. Mm-hmm. 
And so why can they change them? Why because can, they're in power. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I guess my question then mm-hmm. is like, so you had mentioned earlier that what if the cows were in charge or if, you know, another type of animal were in charge, do you see how it would, would it be any different if the cows were in charge instead of the pigs or if the horses were in charge or any of the pigs, or is it more about the nature of power that's corrupting? The, it could be anything. It could happen to the cows. They could do the same thing the pigs did. Mm, very good. Or they could just not. It, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Well, here's an here's an interesting thought. So the pigs were the most intelligent, right? And they mm-hmm. took this role of power. But to to respond to Jake's question, here's something I'm thinking about: Is there a difference when you have the leadership representing a different group of people? Or different group of animals, sorry. So you have the pigs who are the most intelligent and they're in power. What if someone from the working class, like Boxer, was in power? How do the rules and needs change based on who's in power? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm proposing. So like Boxer's a worker, right? And he's mm-hmm. out there and he believes in it and he's going to work hard. But the rules are, are dictated by the smartest people. What if you put somebody who was a worker like a horse in the leadership. Is there more, this is just a, uh, it's a <laughs> rhetorical question, but like, you know, thinking about, do you have now if boxers in there, is he caring more about the workers or does he get in there and see how the pigs live and say, Hey, I'm just going to do what, what, what the rest of the pigs are saying because like it's working and we get to eat and drink the milk and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think um, another question that I had is, so how the pig's messages was, pig's message was always conveyed to the animals mm-hmm. was through squealer. squealer, right? And squealer being a pig, but squealer also was in a, like basically Napoleon's puppet from the beginning, even with Snowball. Right, because Snowball was ideological, and he wanted to. He wanted. He had the pigs had power, but he wanted. He was altru. He was more altruistic. He he believed in the in this you know for the animals by the animals kind of you know egalitarian society. But Napoleon was all about power. So I think it really just comes down. I think it's it's a good count. It's a good. It it's that that's a good. I think it's a good way of showing how revolutions, though they start with good intentions, can be easily corruptible and co opted. I think that's we can take that lesson and you can apply it to a lot of different things, not just necessarily the Russian Revolution, but the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually quite amazing that the American Revolution was never really co-opted mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. Um, very. <laughs> I mean, if you think about just historically, just how rare that that was. Anyway, mm-hmm. complete side note. Um, but I would just want so say the media wasn't being con- wasn't part of the media was a separate entity within the farm, right? The, the people, the, the messages being conveyed to the, the rest of the animals wasn't a pig, but say it was another, it was another animal that was, that didn't necessarily have the interests of the pigs at heart and therefore could, could talk, could tell the animals what was going, the other animals was going more objectively than say Squealer or any of the other pigs could. Do you think that would have, do you think that would have changed uh, how the, how the relationship between the pigs and the animals had gone? If there had been an, like a separate um, insulated entity as like more of like the messaging or the media than than like a state-owned media was with Squealer? I think it could. I think I think probably unless 
it was like Boxer, who mm-hmm. says Napoleon's always right. Mm. He would say, oh, you know, whatever Napoleon told him, whatever mm-hmm. he got, he would just convey the, the pigs. Right. Rather than, let's say, sheep. That's what I was thinking is, is just for example. So here you have you have the pigs, right? <laughs> and the rest of the animals are being told about the pigs and what the pigs expect by another pig. <laughs> so what Jake is saying is let's put a sheep in there. So now the, whatever happens with the pigs is convey, is told to the other animals by a sheep. Does that change? Is there a difference from a pig telling the rest of the animals what the pigs are doing or if you throw in a sheep? Because the pig is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. He is a pig, and he is one of them. So if you throw a sheep in there, is there a difference hearing that news from a different animal who may not have, you know, is not a pig and doesn't want to just co- consolidate power like they're doing, right? The The pig is ultimately there to, to say what the other pigs want. But what if you throw someone in there who's going to say, hey, this is actually what the pigs are doing, and mm-hmm. then telling the animals, I think is what Jake's mm-hmm. asking. Yeah. What, yeah. How does that change, right? Mm-hmm. What what is the di- is there a difference if a pig is telling the other animals what's going on or you put some another animal there who might like Napoleon no Snowball mm-hmm. who is who who wanted the greater who wanted to develop the farm for all animals right so you throw in a, a sheep in there who is an all animal and they're now conveying that message what do you think I think it it would take a it would be different okay. in my opinion okay why. Because um, and pigs, they're they're just gonna do. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. They're they're keeping their best interests mm-hmm. at heart because mm-hmm. they're getting everything. Mm-hmm. A sheep, a sheep doesn't get that, and so maybe a sheep just te- saying how it is because they don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's okay. Keep going. Um, a sheep doesn't have what the pigs have the right. pigs do so they're going to try their best to convey whatever message they have to the sheep doesn't have to worry about that oh that's mm-hmm. an interesting point yeah yeah no I, I, because the sheep has their own interests right. they're, they're not going to they're not going to uphold the the pigs interests in right. the same way so i think you get it you get it naturally more of an unbiased account and how do you think the, do you think that the, if that, if, if say that institutional arrangement was in place, right, you had a, you had a, a the media was separate from the people in power, right? They were, they were two separate entities. Do you think that the manipulation of the seven commandments would have happened in the same way or happened at all? If that, if, if the system had been set up originally like that to where Squealer wasn't the, wasn't the media, but say the sheep were? You think this? Do you think that the seven commandments would have been manipulated by the pigs? Would have been I, able to be able to be manipulated by the pigs? Maybe. <laughs> so what he's saying is, so when the when the commandments changed, mm-hmm. you had Squealer come out and say, "Oh, they've always been like this, mm-hmm. right?" Take Squealer is the media, right? Mm-hmm. He is the one who's letting everybody know what's going on, and oh, it's always been like this. Yeah. So now you have somebody else in there. Who isn't part of the pigs, and they're now have a you know they're living under these rules. Mm-hmm. They're not a part of the pigs. You're an animal now living under these rules, and you're the media, not the pigs, right? And you see these rules change, and the and and Squealer says, "Oh no, they've always been like this, guys. Like that's how it's always been." He has an interest, right, in mm-hmm. saying that. But you now you have a sheep. Let's use the example of the sheep who says who lives under those rules and says, "Hold on." These always have these haven't been the rules the whole time. Is there a difference there, and and why is I think what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm asking. Yes, 
because the sheep again doesn't have what the pigs have they mm-hmm. don't have the interests of the pigs in their mind mm-hmm. so i think if maybe the pigs will still do it find a way you know to oh because if they're that driven by power they're always going to find a way to make their lives better Damn, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that is a dystopian. No, that is a dystopian way of viewing it uh, viewing it. So, I guess to kind of wrap up this portion of the mm-hmm. conversation is, how do you, th- how different does the government? Do you think the government of the farm, right? Because you know we talked about the government of the farm structure was the pigs were in power. Everybody else was equal underneath. Everybody else, all the other animals were equal underneath them. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the the window dressing was all of our, all of them are equal. Even the pigs are on the same level, but they're the decision makers, and ultimately that doesn't end up happening, right? Because the, the power power corrupted the pigs. So how would yeah, I think you kind of alluded to this earlier with like putting cows in power or whatever. How would you, if you were Alex, were in this farm and you were given the power to write a, write your own commandments or structure the government of the of the animals in a different way towards you didn't have this corruption? How what what kind of changes would you make? I would make it so that there are like um, an animal from like each class i guess Mm -hmm. so that they all have like what their lives are about and you'll because if everybody's putting their opinions in about what their life is like on the farm and then how that could be better i feel like they could all make better um decisions on how to make everybody's life better because they would know what these people the sheep are going through and the horses are going through so if you put a person and let's say the the pigs and mm-hmm. the horses their working class and the sheep and you know all of them then they each know what their lives life, look like yeah yeah i have hope for the future she's 13 <laughs> years old and she already gets the uh the uh, the importance of a representative <laughs> democracy <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so one thing, uh, one last question about Animal Farm, and then we'll we'll. I have another question actually. So not last one, but what did you think about the end when the animals look through the house and the pigs look like humans? To be honest, again, I wasn't surprised okay. because you know um, they started trading and they did the firewood, mm-hmm. and you know they started trading. And, you know they thought, oh, it's for the best interest of the farm mm-hmm. for you. And, you know, they figure out, well, well, it's for the pigs. You know, mm-hmm. they get the money. They get the food and things. They get the beds. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like being in the percep- perspective of the um, animals, mm-hmm. that could be very heartbreaking. Okay. And so um, I forgot what was I was going to say. <laughs> Well, I mean, so they look in, right? And they mm-hmm. look like humans and now they're acting like humans. If humans are the the well, they're bad guys, if you will. So what now they become them? What does that mean? Four legs good, two legs better. Mm. Is what the sheep start saying. Mm. So I guess the rules change. Yes. Uh is there any questions or ideas or something anything you wanted to talk about from Animal Farm? Because you've been texting me questions and there was any, mm-hmm. was there anything you were wondering or what does this represent or what does that represent? The pigs destroyed the um, windmill first, right? Because they they blamed it on Snowball because mm-hmm. it, it 
did it twice. Okay. It blew down first, mm-hmm. and they blamed it on Snowball during a storm, mm-hmm. and then the animals did it. The rest of the animals did it? No, I, I mean the humans did it. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they found uh, footprints from a pig. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if Snowball, I don't think Snowball actually did it, or if it was the pigs who did it to blame Snowball. Oh. They probably, I mean, they, they probably did because they shipped yeah. off Boxer right after, um, right after the windmill was destroyed. Mm-hmm. The second time, mm-hmm. because Boxer basically was the one that put all the work in to mm-hmm. building that windmill because he he thought it was for the good of the farm and he truly he Boxer was it's unfortunate for Boxer right because he's the he bought he was that ideologue that bought into that and like I'm going to put in all of this because he believed in the cause right he right. believed in what old like the 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 future that old old major had prophesized and mm-hmm. he believed in all of that and. And then he ultimately, the system, as soon as he was no longer worth worth anything, I think he was hurt or he was injured or whatever, right. and he gets carted off to the slaughter factory. But then they lie about what actually happened with Boxer. Oh, yeah. They, they, told, they said, well, he went off to someplace else, and they didn't actually say. But they really what they had is they sold him to a human slaughter factory yeah. um, for profit. Yeah. And I, I just think that, that it's, it's a good lesson on how... Um, like. Ed, one education, um, mm-hmm. not education leads you to question things, mm-hmm. and I think that when you have, and it shows the the importance of one like a, how a representative democracy would keep one particular interest from becoming dominant and then being able to corrupt the system, but then also what the role that edu- education has in it, the role that an informed and public has in in creating for a healthy system because if all the animals hadn't become apathetic the the changing of the rules by the pigs probably wouldn't have been allowed been allowed right because you know we're seeing this right i think you you could you could parallel that with today oh yeah right it's like so many people keep talking about the constitution and but who's actually read the constant how many people who actually like tout the constitution have actually read it right or under like understand its founding principles yes the words still might be there the are the words of the constitution haven't been altered like they you know the commandments were right in, in animal farm but the meaning and the messaging behind it has been altered mm-hmm. away from uh, away from the real original founding principles in which that document was was meant to convey and codify right and now it basically means the constitution protects what i like and it punishes what i don't like yeah that's almost like the way that the the pigs the, the pigs have uh, the pigs manipulated the commandments within the animal farm. And right. I think like you, you see an app, like one, you look at our voter turnout, our voter turnout is incredibly low. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the, the um, media parroting those in power mm-hmm. instead of holding some, right. We still have, it's obviously this is not, it's, it's an oversimplified animal farm is an oversimplified version, version of this, yeah. but it, but I think it still works and it holds a lot of, keys and a lot of clues into how society is constructed and then how um and then how it can how power is easily corruptible Mm -hmm. um alex had an interesting thing that she talked to me about at one point about the humans outside of the farm kind of trying to figure out what was happening in the farm and how there was all these different uh, assumptions or these different like rumors going around about what was really going on in there Mm -hmm. and 
I think that that's such an interesting point that sometimes I, I mean, I think I overlook too. You know, it, this is the difference between like, you know, kind of having the historical background. When I read that, I go, oh, well, they're an isolated, you know, state. And so everybody's just trying to m figure out what's actually happening in that state. So that's why they're talking and rumors come out. And you see that. I mean, you see that all the time. Not all the time, but like North Korea, same mm -hmm. idea. North Korea is isolated and they're ran in the, by this isolated government. And so the rest of the world looks at North Korea and they're trying to figure out, like, what are their intentions? What are they doing? How are they treating their people? And it's the same idea. Like those humans represent the outside of that state kind of trying to figure out how to engage and interact with the state, but also what is happening within that mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. And the Soviet Union was very, very, very blocked off. Right. Um, in terms of what kind of messaging was being allowed out, um, out, out of the, out of the country. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. The crows. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right, Alex. Why do you think, what do you think is important in politics? These are some of Jake's questions. <laughs> I want to real quick, just note here that this whole conversation has been awesome and I've enjoyed it, but Jake, you, you gotta be a teacher. Why? Because you, you, the way that you pose questions and the way that you think about things and can, and like present questions is so, you need to be a teacher. Okay. You're good at it. You're very well, good well, at thank it. thank you. And I just wanted to put that out there. Anyway, so these are some of Jake's questions that he sent to you. And I think they're great questions, um, especially for, you know, a 13 year old girl. Mm-hmm woman i don't know what do you want to be called um in this country because you know you are the next generation and i think it is you know we say what we feel and what we think but what do you think well, so what do you think is important in politics i think it's important that politicians mm -hmm. or politics focus on um the people and what they want okay. but also like when they do listen to the public that they listen to it in a whole, not just like pick and choose what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. Like if a person is saying, if a majority of the people are saying, well, this is really bad. We don't want this anymore. And a group of people are saying, oh, no, it's really well. And they just choose to hear what they want to. Mm -hmm. That's going to create this idea that it's it's oh, it's fine. I see it's fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. So let's use an example here where you had i don't know if it was a majority but you had a large group of people saying we don't want slavery to end that's true yeah <laughs> <laughs> right i thought about that yeah did you <laughs> right so there's there that's so politicians yes listening to the voices of those people that they represent right so in your case of the animal farms the sheep has a representative right so they're bringing the problems of the sheep to the rest of the animals we have that system, right, where we elect people to go to Washington to represent what we want in our area, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's always this, there's yeah. always been this argument in case of like, since the founding of like, do we just change at the, at the whim of the masses, like whatever they want, we're just going to do it, mm -hmm. you know? So that's another consideration to think yeah. about. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I, I think that's, that was the biggest de debate at the constitutional convention was do we allow, you know, w what, to what extent do we allow minority preferences to have a voice 
in the system and or do we just go with a majoritarian system where it's like the majority you know the majority gets what they want and then that's the way we go about it um and i think you see that in the construction of a bicameral legislature where the the lower house is made up of a direct proportionality of the of the um of the makeup of the country mm-hmm. so you have direct you have you have proportional representation and then in the senate you have equal representation mm-hmm. and that is because you know like wyoming has far less of a population than california mm-hmm. but they both have equal representation in the senate and i think that is to make sure that you know people in wyoming's voices have have power and that obviously has pitfalls that obviously has yes. gives and takes like right it's like um you have the senate right now controlling so much of what's going on in this country the house can't get anything passed because you have different parties where you have different parties in control of both houses Mm -hmm. and both chambers of congress and is that fair then to say like well because there's like the senators that are like the 51 republican senators even though they're the majority party in the Senate and they're con- basically controlling whatever legislation comes out of the house and then ultimately gets to the presidential president's desk. And they're, they're basically not even taking up a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that are important to the masses. Is then that fair to basically say that the 51 Republican senators who are representing states that have far less population. Like I think the, if you were to, I think I, I, I don't remember what the exact percentage breakdown was, but mm-hmm. of the 51 Republican senators who are the majority in the Senate, if represent something like 30 or 40% less than the Democrats do democratic population. senators do as a population, wow. then, um, then the Democrats who are in the minority position. Right. And is that, is that fair? Yeah. Or how do you correct for that? How do you keep the same structure but allow, but don't have the don't allow for that gridlock to where like such a small minority are basically keeping everybody from getting from progressing. Right. Jesus, that, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good. I mean, that's yeah. a good point. Like, how do you how do you tweak the system, or h- mm-hmm. how do you correct for that? Which is clearly an inefficiency. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you how do you go about correcting for that? Right. Was that all your answer for that question? Um, no, also that they're not harmful to like a specific group of people okay. like Donald Trump and oh, okay. um, he goes specifically towards Muslims saying that they're terrorists mm-hmm. and that he wants them out and that Mexicans are rapists Mex- and murderers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all these but things some are good people. Oh, some are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he assumes. Yeah. And he um, he just goes after these people and it's just spreading this negativity. Mm-hmm. And um, he targets, which are, you know, harmful, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but he they're tar- not harmful. Well, he targets them as scapegoats, Yeah, mm-hmm. like the pigs did with Snowball. Mm-hmm. It's not me, it's them. Mm-hmm. It's not me, it's the Mexicans. Yeah. It's not me, it's Snowball. Snowball did all this. Yeah. Don't blame me. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, your next question was, what was your next question? I'm sure you have I, it. Right I like there. that. I like if we could remove... The targeting of certain populations as yeah. a as a um, scapegoat for for governmental failures. Yeah, it would be we would be we would be a far better society. Well, I got I, I I mean I'm getting into this. I've been getting into debates, you know, all the time. I do all the time with Trump supporters, right? And one thing I constantly hear is like, you know, I'm uh, I'm like, okay, hold on. So all lives matter, right? But what about the children in cages? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, then people were like, well, you know what Obama did on the border? You know, he built those cages. Okay, time out. Regardless of it, let's say that's true. So because Barack Obama built the cages, it's okay for Donald Trump to put children in those cages. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay, what about Donald Trump not batting an eye or not even mentioning the possibility of Russia paying to have U.S. soldiers targeted and murdered, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what about Hillary Clinton in Benghazi? Okay, so by that logic, because of how Hillary Clinton handled Benghazi, it is okay for Donald Trump to completely ignore the fact that Russia might have possibly had American soldiers murdered. Mm-hmm. How does that equate? It doesn't, but it's whataboutism. That's, it is a whataboutism, but it's like... It's the, fa- it's a, it's the famous... It's the famous argument of the intellectually lazy, my my, or uh, or defend or people who feel the need to defend an indefensible position. Yes, no, that's a great point. But the point I keep coming back to when I when these when I have these conversations is is like, look, dude, or lady, <laughs> Barack Obama's not the president. Mm-hmm. He is not the president, regardless of what has happened. Donald Trump is now the president. And I promise you, when Joe Biden's president, I'm going to be focused on everything he's doing. And that's not to say that, oh, whatever Obama did doesn't isn't reflected in today's time, because obviously we still see repercussions from decisions made then. But this dude has had four years to make changes. Mm -hmm. And now people are excusing what he does because of what the previous administration has done. It's been four years, homies. Time to move on. It's the rest of this four years is a long time. And these four years are now reflected by the decisions made in year one. Just throwing that out there. That's a good, good thing <laughs> to throw out there. I think that's on point. Alex, what kind of changes would you like to see in our government? Um, most of these revolve around school. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I want to time out real quick and say this about Alex. Jake, as you know, I was a, a rebel as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Punk rock skater, murder the government, like anarchy. And not that she is like that, but she, her question of authority <laughs> is next level, really? dude. Okay. Oh, we get into all these conversations about like teachers and authority and like people who demand respect and don't earn it. And so the fact that she's choosing school here, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so tell me about what your thoughts are on changes. Um, well, you know, they have education that is required in school. Okay. Well, I think they should require more things that um, uh, that go into, like, not just... Because most of the things are, like, white history, basically. Okay. It's never about the the history of... You know, black people, Mexican people, Asian mm-hmm. people. And yes, you know, we're in America. And yes, but we should have to learn about those things, those struggles that people went through and more about the slavery because we don't really get taught that in school. Really? No, we're taught we're taught from a young age about Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. And it's normally on one day a year. And that's their birthdays. Mm. We're never taught anything else. Okay. We're taught that they were enslaved, you know, Christopher Columbus and mm-hmm. all that. But that's where the discussion ends. Okay. So I believe that they should require more information about that kind of stuff. Let me ask you this because this is what I'm thinking. If 
let's just say that they're first of all funding is obviously a problem mm-hmm. for teachers that, that's yeah. on my list is it mm-hmm. good um let's just say you are able to learn at depth about the civil rights movement not just martin luther king but all the men and women who contributed in different ways um let's say uh, slavery let's say latino movement in the 60s also like say you're allowed like there there's a space and time for you now to dive deep into all these things but the requirement is year-round school hmm? year-round school no Ah, <laughs> so you okay. don't care that much about I it. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> okay, all right. So the, the uh, so the, the so okay, we're not year-round school. Okay, then <laughs> the, what topics? What topics should get cut then to make time for, to make time for? Um, oh, good question. Well, I think as we go, because each year we're taught the same thing over and over again. Sometimes it gets. She has told me about this mm. before. A little maybe a little bit more information but things when we get older and we're just told over and over again maybe those things could be replaced if i'm told enough like for almost 13 years of my life repetitively about (laughs) each year about the same thing then um then why should i have to learn about it for another five years yeah I mean, I don't know how high school is, but that I think that's going to change when you get to high school. Yeah. Um, because you'll have one year of like world history, one year of, uh, of like Northwest history, and I think you only you pretty much only do one year of U.S. history in, in college, and then your your senior year is um, like CWP, which is world politics, like mm-hmm. contemporary world politics and government. Um, so I don't think that'll be as much of an issue once you get. Once you once you get to high school, yeah. but I do see what you mean because I, I kind of remember it being the same like, yeah, it's it's like this it's the same chronological order. You hit this you said hit the same high notes, and I think that's just it's trying to it's it's a it's an issue with how curriculum is constructed, mm-hmm. and then like how especially in, and I don't know how Oregon is, but in like Washington, they have these things called Ehlers, which are specific targets that they have that your teachers are expected to meet. And if the testing standards say like if the, if the federal standards or the, the state standards say like the students need to know about these particular topics, those are the particular topics that they're going to keep hammering home. That way you can, you can pass, pass the standardized test. tests. That's true. Because standardized testing, how a, how a school does in standardized testing directly relates to how much funding that school gets for the next year. Right. So if you want to change it, change how standardized testing influences funding in the schools. And I think you would see a dramatic shift in the type of, in, in the breadth and depth and the type of information that is taught, especially in social studies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great point. What else you got? Um, you said funding. What else? Uh, COVID. I think they need to do more right now and what not, mean? I mean, um, not spe- specifically like they need to just not care right now what other people think who the government like uh i forgot what they're called but like they need to just like be like hey this is a global pandemic mm-hmm. i don't care that you don't you don't want to wear your mask mm-hmm. you have to mm. Mm. you know i've i've been reading that there's a there's a big push amongst like right now, like there's a poll that was recently done mm-hmm. that kind of echoes what Alex was just saying that there are people are starting to agree with man with mask mandates mm-hmm. and social distancing mandates, mm-hmm. not just having it as a guideline, but actually having it enforceable and punishable mm-hmm. um, for not complying. So think about that. 
at the at the as the pigs, right? They make mm-hmm. a rule. You have to do it. You don't get a choice. Mm-hmm. Is that okay with you? With a global pandemic, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay, and what did you have about funding? Just more school funding. Mm-hmm. That's it. Why? Because schools are so underfunded. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a student, I can see that. What do you see that kind of reflects that funding? Um, our classrooms, whether mm-hmm. or not we get um, better things in classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we get um, Chromebooks that have been used so much mm-hmm. that they're... Oops. Um, <laughs> they're, they're just so old and they're like broken sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just so... If we could have newer things, newer materials mm-hmm. to help kids learn in our classrooms. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes we don't get new gym stuff for years. Yeah. You know, things slowly start going missing because they've been lost, mm-hmm. broken. And then, you know, sometimes we get, oh, hey, we get all new gym stuff this year. Mm-hmm. because. And so just as a student, I can see when things are when we get more funding or do you feel like the let's use the Chromebooks for example do you feel like the the quality of the Chromebooks or or how the Chromebooks work in affects your learning yes and how because most of the things we do now are on Chromebooks Mm -hmm. because teachers it's easy it's um, like less paper to deal with Mm -hmm. and um, when we're when we don't have good Chromebooks when they start acting up mm-hmm. and, you know, for some reason, they can't connect to the Wi-Fi all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Sounds know. Like a nightmare. Sounds terrible. Yeah. And, you know, they had this whole class plan based on what was going to happen on the Chromebooks. Mm-hmm. Now we can't do that mm. because, you know, things happen. Right. And so, you Funding. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As an analog learner, I would hope that all Chromebooks broke down. So you have to go back to paper, paper and books. Yeah. You I are an hate, analog learner. I hate digital learning. I'm a tech guy, dude. Mm-hmm. I'll teach all the tech. Um, uh, even though you can't vote, how do you feel about this upcoming election? Well, honestly, I think it could go either way. What do you mean? Because all... We, we could vote for Donald Trump again? No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No. What do you mean you could go either way? What does that because, mean? Because... Um, what do you basic- think about the election? I think, like I said, it could mm-hmm. go either way because of the protests, the uprising. What do you mean it could go either way? Either Joe Biden or Trump could win. You think either one could win? Yes. Okay. Because of the protests and more people are registering to vote. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, there more people will vote against him, mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But then again, he has a lot of people mm-hmm. that support him. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it could go either way mm-hmm. so that's what could happen yes but i think jake wants to know like what do you think about it right mm-hmm. what do you think about you know last night we saw vice president candidate kamala harris right that's she's the first african-american woman to be nominated as a vice president candidate like oh like that just in general okay. like this you have mike pence and donald trump who's already in the administration you have um, Joe Biden and his uh, Kamala Harris. Like, what do you think about like our options? What do you think about like this? Is like, is it important the presidential election? Why is it important? Um, 
does does it even matter? Like, what are just some thoughts of? Every vote counts. Like. You, you think so? Yes. Okay. It has to. I'm glad you believe that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's smiling so big, he loves it. Um, because it's important when you vote, you mm-hmm. you're going towards something. I believe if you don't vote, you don't have a right to complain about who wins. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think it's great that Joe Biden picked who he did mm-hmm. because you know. If something were to happen, we'd have our first female mm-hmm. um, black mm-hmm. uh, president. Mm-hmm. And I think that'd be great. I think he chose a good vice president. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want Donald Trump to win, obviously. <laughs> obviously? Why obviously? <laughs> I don't support him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What but, are you thinking, Jake? You look like you have a question. Huh? No, oh, okay. I'm just listening. Okay. But... Yeah, I think I think hopefully he won't win, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, I think that's good. Um, what does? Oh, this is a great question, Jake. I had another question. You have like nine more. Do I really? Yeah. Wow. No, just last one. Okay. What does being an American mean to you? Oh, that's right. I threw that one in last um, second. I don't. I didn't really know exactly what you meant by the question, but I, I, this is my interpretation of it. Okay. Okay. So, being an American to me is that you live in America. Okay. And that you, you know, you do your taxes, you live here. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters how you got here, mm-hmm. as long as you are doing well and that you're not hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. You should be allowed to live here. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically speaking towards immigration and that, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I think it shouldn't matter what, like, religion you are, whether you're Muslim, it Christian. Shouldn't? No. Okay. And um, that it shouldn't matter what, cl- like, color skin you have mm-hmm. or, like, what your background is. Mm-hmm. As long as you live here, mm-hmm. you know, you do your taxes and <laughs> you're an American. I mean, taxes are important. Taxes mm-hmm. are important, Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're an American in my eyes. Okay, so what does it mean to you to be an American? Like, do you, so that's kind of a very vague question. It was vague, mm-hmm. but I, I meant it in multiple angles and she, she, she answered one way in which okay. it could be meant. Give me another example, Jake, of what it means to be an American to you that you were, how would you answer that question in the other ways that you meant it? Well, I would answer it in terms of how citizenship define is defined. Of course you would. So that, so <laughs> she answered it how I like right. would answer it Nerds. myself. Uh, but like, what does it mean to me as an individual? Yeah. Um, I guess I just, I don't know. That's shifted so much over time for sure. And how I thought about myself as being an American when I was your age, Alex, and how I think about it now going through the education that I have and mm-hmm. like experiencing life as I've experienced it. Um, being American means so much, it means a lot differently to me. So right. for me, like when I was, Alex's age, it was like, oh, being an American is like, you know, being tough and being like mm. this, like we're America. We won two world wars. We saved the rest of the planet. We're, we're the most powerful, like basically F, F the rest of the world. We're like, we're America. And because I don't do anything in my own life to like contribute to that in any way, but because I identify as an American, therefore I kind of take on that personality. Like I put right. on that hat. Whereas now I'm like, you know, I see America as more of like, as part of like the whole world. Mm. And even though like we're the most powerful nation, like what is our responsibility? And it's more upholding like those sets of ideals versus Mm -hmm. like 
identity characteristics. Right. So it's more like um, want like wanting to live your life in a way that upholds the ideals enshrined in the Constitution. That everybody has freedom of speech. Everybody has freedom of religion. Everybody right. has um, freedom to assemble. Um, you know and understanding like the the importance of voting and upholding those institutions that allow those freedoms to take place. Mm-hmm. So that's more I guess how I right. would answer that question. I love that you went to the macro because mm-hmm. I think of more like a, a local. So like I'm as you're talking and talking about being a 13-year-old and your your view of what it means to be an American, right? So um there's a, there's a conversation about like mexican-american or african-american and i guess there's a shift of like african-americans no longer wanting to be identified as african-americans and black is cool black is not cool but black is okay because they aren't africans they're americans Mm -hmm. so you know what i mean so in the same sense as a 13 year old uh a half mexican boy i'm thinking well there is this identity crisis of like am i mexican or am i American or am I Mexican American? And this is something I really wanted to focus on my 469 paper. I talk a lot about identifiers, uh, Latino, Latinx. Now that we see um, Chicano, uh, Latin American, um, uh, Mexican American, right? There's all these identifiers, right? So going through that process with that paper kind of helped me identify what I identify as, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, all these, any application you fill out, it's like, are you Latino, uh, Mexican? And then the next question is, are you white, Caucasian, uh, black, brown? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what I do is I check, yes, I'm Mexican and yes, I'm white. And like, that's just my identifier, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I identify as. So in that, what I'm trying to say is that like in this, in this identifiers and terms that are used, um, to, to, to separate people, what I have learned is for me, it's okay to choose, choose multiple and to identify as multiple things. That's okay for me to do. Um, one thing I've had a conversation a lot about, I talked to you a little bit about when we were moving is like other people identifying me and dictating what I am. So like, you're not Mexican dude. Well, no, I am Mexican, but you don't act Mexican. You know what I mean? These Mm -hmm. are things that I hear. And these are things that people from all communities deal with, whether when, especially when they're like in between, like you, dude, you look white as hell. Well, if you saw what my dad looks like, he's Mexican as hell. Like, so because you think that I look white, I'm white. Right. Mm -hmm. So as an American, what I have viewed as American and myself as an American is just like, I can't, and this is just more f- deep and philosophical than I, I, this is how I am, I guess. Um, but I just feel like for the first time, you know, like, especially reading some of the atrocities and manipulations that the American government has done, I don't identify, I, I acknowledge those things, right? But that is an America to me. What America and what being American means to me is far more about each other than it is about one singular person or the country as a whole, but more specifically connections between people. Mm. So you're talking about the constitution and upholding those rules and regulations. And I, and I feel like I've shifted more to diving into those and clinging onto those. Like that is, I think the constitution is so much of like what we've built in these rules and regulations and the evolution of these ideas, I think is, 
I think that is American, right? This really has nothing to do with what I'm talking about identifiers, but I think that maybe it does actually. The evolution of identifiers and how we identify ourselves and other people mm-hmm. reflects kind of this notion and idea of evolution evolution idea of the Bill of Rights or the Constitution or what does it mean what does freedom of speech mean? What does the Second Amendment mean? Like what do these things mean? And this evolution of idea Dictated, obviously, by Supreme Court, but also like everybody wants to have their own interpretations. Like you said earlier, if it benefits me, this is cool. If it doesn't, then that's not cool. And then for as far as violations of the Constitution. But to me, an American means just like this evolution of. I I can't help. I just I just feel like the evolution of people in a country who I, I just so I'm so optimistic about it. Like, I feel like. As an American, it is my duty and role to take care of those people who are here. Regardless of how you got here, like Alex said, regardless of of your background and where you come from, like I think that one thing that maybe in the I don't know, one thing maybe people get away from is like like people are so selfish today. And I don't want that to be a representation of America. What I, what I, my ideal American is everybody taking care of each other. And the more and more I get into like foster care training and reading about foster care, like you're going to talk about the rights of, you're going to talk about the murder of people, the rights of people, um, all lives matter. Uh, we're caging kids, but do you really care? And is it only because the identifier is American? Do you really care about people? We all, we all happen to live within these borders that defines us as Americans, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, what defines an American is somebody who cares about fellow Americans. But I also, that doesn't mean, and that doesn't exclude the world because we obviously have a role there, but... I mean, I think that that's something we've gotten away from is Americans not caring about other Americans. And so I it, I keep thinking in the back of my head about that circle, right? The bigger your circle is, the more exposure you've had to different kinds of people. And, and the more willing you, you are to... When you have... You see someone as your in-group, psychologically, in-group, yes. you're, you're psychologically more predisposed to share with mm-hmm. them, um, to um, give what is yours to to and distribute wealth distribute yes. your wealth just you know show kindness yes. put yourself in vulnerable positions to me that is what i think is american De- i mean definitely because yeah. i i think it, it gets down to the root and it, we can tie this back into what alex was was saying about yeah. being american sorry is, for ranting you're fine <laughs> this this platform is about ranting i think alex perfectly pointed out that um being an american is basically just being here right yeah. and it doesn't matter where you came from as long as you're here and you pay your taxes mm-hmm. right and uh i think that America, for for most of its history, at least America, as I have known it to be conceptualized, both through reading and then just my own observation, is that America was always meant to be this this nation of civic nationalism. That as long mm-hmm. as you come, as long as you, oh, I like that. As long as I you, think. you know, you see yourself as American, mm-hmm. right? And you, you, no matter where you've come from, you're here. You're American, and you your taxes whereas there's other there's other countries and i see this shift here and mostly on the right of this nationalism like it doesn't actually matter where you came from mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter that you were born here mm-hmm. you have to you have to look a certain way you have to act a certain way you have mm-hmm. to think a certain way and you have to be 
you you have to be one of us. Well, I'm kind of defining it. We're we're but we're one of like but we're one of us, right? right? Like this closing of philosophical or ideological borders. Speak English. Yeah, you have to you have to then check you then have to check boxes that are not in the constitution, right? You have to meet other cultural or societal measures or societal checkpoints Mm -hmm. in order to really be a true American, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of just understanding that we're all Americans, we all have differences. And as long as we're all sitting here and we're all abiding by those basic founding principles, we're all American, Mm -hmm. right? And it's that, that, that's that civic nationalism versus ethnic nationalism Mm. I think is important. And then this push from certain people within our society to shift that from civic to net to ethnic is a really dangerous, like kind of really dangerous in historically it's proven to be very dangerous. This kind of yeah. blood and soil kind of idea of, um, of what it means to be American. Right. I guess what I'm trying to say is like so more, much more than like, I don't know. It's more of a philosophical idea of American, what it means to be an American to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on the flip side, I also think that, Abiding by your responsibilities within this, right? So participating in democracy and 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 using your voice to represent not only yourself and needs for yourself, but yourself and needs of others. Um, and and maybe that's just like, you know, I can't help but am I just like in, an indoctrinated robot? <laughs> like you must vote, you must pay your taxes, like Alex said. Like you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I feel like those are those are part of buying in right yeah you know what i mean and 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 i guess that i think is overall is what that means to me is is buying in in. being a robot i don't know i don't think it is i don't know because i think you're doing it willingly i think you're i mean are you doing it willingly yes that's a good point i am willingly doing it Mm -hmm. um no one's forced. but if you don't pay but if you don't pay your taxes that's true taxes is different mr irs comes knocking on your door (laughs) so i think that i'm willingly buying into the institutions um the 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 republic and the democracy like just the way that it's constructed and designed and and the evolution and in going with the evolution Mm -hmm. and finding ways to to make it better because you because you understand that the alternative is far worse yes so maybe that's it maybe that's my definition of being american maga dude (laughs) What do you think, Alex, after all this rambling? I agree with you guys, both of you. Okay, what do you mean? What do you agree with? Like what you said, you know, caring about other people and being an American and not. And also what Jake said, like, doesn't doesn't matter, like, what color you are or your religion or, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree with both of those things and together, I guess. Do you have to be born here to be an American? Not in my opinion. Okay, just wondering. Um, one thing I've been talking a lot about with people is like that citizenship test. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that and on to the Republic. And I think that I think without our education, we would have butchered it. And like some of it, we were like, wait, what? But I mean, anybody who doesn't, you know what I mean? Like taking this fresh and handing it to just your average Joe walking down the street and saying, answer as many as you can. Dude, it'd be brutal. Mm-hmm. Were you born here? Yes. Okay. Right. Answer as much as these can. Like that doesn't define it, right? Yeah. But does that test define it? It defines citizenship, but what does it define being American? I don't know. I think this is a fun conversation. It is a fun conversation. Sorry. Are you all right? No, I'm good. Okay. The um, <laughs> no, I. 
Yeah, I, I, I think most people would, would fail that that test. That was a tough test. I had a point that I wanted to go off and but now I can't remember. So mm, sorry. What dude. else do you guys have? That happens all the time. I don't have anything else other than um I love this kid. I love I see so much of myself in her. Um one thing I was thinking about, and I'm sure I've told you a million times, Alex, but when Alex was born, I was like a rebel and going through like living by myself and just living the worst life and didn't care about anybody and like was just kind of a piece of shit. And then she was born and it was like, I don't know. I never, the importance is more now because I'll never have kids of my own, but having her born and like seeing like my family expand in a way that I never, I guess ever thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then watching her grow and think for herself and like become a strong and powerful woman who just like I watch her beat up these dudes in Taekwondo. It's hilarious to me. So I don't know. You mean the world to me. I'm glad you came on. Um, you should come on more often, I think, because I think it's important for especially your generation to have a voice and and your your education is going to change. Right. You're going to learn more <laughs> and you're not going to just learn about <laughs> what's his name Christopher Columbus over and over and over and over again like you'll get to you'll get to learn more um, and eventually what you'll find is you'll get to have a choice to learn more um, I think you're too smart for your own good especially in a system that kind of keeps you within these parameters they want you to stay within the lines um, of education um, but like Jake says I think in call in high school you'll get to choose a little more about what you want to learn about and, and, and kind of shape what you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jake? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say before you go? No. I would have bet money you would have said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. This has been fun. It has been fun. Thank you for Just coming on episode 100. Mm-hmm. Special 100. Just let me know when you want me to come on no, again. No, you let us know when you want to come on. Okay. Anytime. If you see something and you're like, I can't. Nope. I will not stand for this. <laughs> You come on and you tell us about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What's one thing that pisses you off the most about what you've seen in the government? Just one. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. You guys heard it here. <laughs> All right, Jake. Last thoughts. Um, did you did you see uh, Trump saying everybody should uh, ban uh, should boycott Goodyear? Yes. Because they're not allowing their employees to wear MAGA hats. Yes. But failed to point out that Goodyear just has a blanket and has had a blanket. No hat? No, no. Just no um, political affiliation attire rule. So it's not like you could go and wear Biden a Biden hat or right. a Biden shirt. They just... But apparently he wants to... I mean, and Goodyear is like manufactured in the United States. So Goodyear goes down... There goes jobs, but the but there's always Chinese tires. It's true. I'm just saying, <laughs> I I hate the president using his bully pulpit as a way to um, influence the economy and in, and then in target and pick winners and losers. Well, that's anti-capitalist. Yeah. yeah, and what he's doing again, like Alex was saying, is with the scapegoats and 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 picking, like mm-hmm. you said, lose, winners and losers. Yeah, it's like it, it, he he put in parentheses. It's a game that we're losing 
or it's a game that need, we need to start playing and we're going to start doing it. Like, what game mm-hmm. are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Real quick, what about the undermining of the entire election? Well, either, I mean, there's that. To me, okay, and um, one quick, so I, we're, I guess we're going still. <laughs> um, but, like, the, the uh, like, you talk about, you know, certain people saying, like, th- if you don't behave or act like this, then you're not an American. Mm-hmm. I do that. I am guilty of that. And for me, for you to allow, and this is, again, reflective of my buying in, right? If for you to allow a pre- sitting president to, like, say these things, and who knows if he acts this way, but he's literally saying that he will not accept the results of the election because it's rigged and corrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said in Wisconsin that uh, the only way he would lose yes. is if it was rigged. Yeah. To me, it's un-American to allow that to be said. I believe in freedom of speech, mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh, what are you? Well, do- the difference between freedom of speech yeah. is freedom of from prosecution, not freedom of persecution. That does mm-hmm. not dissolve you of societal backlash or having con- yeah. societal consequences social of consequences. you social consequences of of expressing unpopular opinions. That's true. I mean, as long as he, I mean, he's, we're not, nobody's going to go throw him in shackles for saying that, No, but we can hold him accountable through our vote or through our, you know, our media presence. Mm -hmm. The media can hold him accountable for that kind of stuff. And that's what those, those free institutions and why having a, a free media in his, in equally as disturbing as this undermining of our elections Mm -hmm. is, is him destroying, trying to attempt to destroy the credibility of, of free press. Right. And uphold and like basically saying like basically all of the puppets, the puppet medias, the ones that or at least the ones that that put out narratives that he agrees with, mm-hmm. those are, you know, those are those are good sources. Right. Um, you know, Fox News yeah. or Breitbart, Breitbart yeah. or OAN stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like he he wants squealers. Yeah. He doesn't want mm-hmm. other he doesn't want other people who are not serving his interests mm-hmm. to be able to have a voice that is as equally dangerous as people not voting or not holding account- people accountable. Right. And so I think that's, that's the difference I think right there and reflecting on animal farm is the pigs constructed the government and everyone had to operate within that government. Fortunately, Donald Trump did not construct this government, but has to operate within the government that was created before him. Mm-hmm. And in that government, in that republic, we have a representative democracy where we get to vote who we want in office. But that only that only matters as long as we're not apathetic mm-hmm. in that we continue to make sure education is a priority in our country. Yeah. Because the the animals weren't most of the animals were not educated in animal farm and all became apathetic to uh to the to the seven commandments that right. just, just like it is what it is mm-hmm. like boxer saying it is what like it, they like we're just we're we trust in the pigs therefore we're going to do whatever they say right that app that apathy which is showing up not not voting mm-hmm. not understanding what your rights are mm-hmm. not upholding those rights to other people when they're being infringed even if it doesn't affect you mm-hmm. when you see federal officers going and nabbing other people and you just turn a blind eye to it and you don't care about it it's like well because it doesn't affect me that's apathy. Mm-hmm. That's how we lose our democracy, even to a guy who didn't construct the government right. because he's trying to use his power to manipulate institutions to insulate himself and insulate power. Damn, dude. 
Very well said. With that, I would like to thank every single person who has ever listened to this show. Um, if this is your first episode, we've got a hundred more, so get ready. <laughs> um, Jake, thank you. Of course. For every week mm-hmm. being here through the hard times to the best times. You're an amazing friend. Thank you. And I appreciate you. Um, thank, and again, I can't thank you guys enough for listening and thank you for all our guests in this la- in this first 100. Um, hopefully we'll expand and have, have you guys back and have more guests. Alex, you're the first guest of this revolutionary 100. Um, dude, after this, our episodes are triple digits. I know. That's crazy. 101. Um, Next. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody. Thank you for Jen. Thank you, Jen, for letting us... Uh, Every morning every, on Thursday, come in here and, and, and me to have this space to do this. Um, and yeah, I'm just very grateful for this show. I'm very grateful for just everyone who has ever been a part of it in any way. Um, KXRW allowing the platform to have the radio show. Um, I love doing that show. And I honestly like it's stupid. We, You know why I've, I've taken a step back for other reasons and multiple reasons, but... I do enjoy it mm-hmm. and it's fun to get like more constructive, mm-hmm. I guess, if you will. But anyways, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Anything? Well, I, you pretty much said everything okay. that I would say, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate everybody. Um, I know we've, we've said that a lot over the last hundred episodes, but yeah, please keep listening. Um, it's an open invitation to anybody who wants to come on. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you agree or don't, don't agree. Um, but it, I mean, just, just know that you'll, what we try to do is to, is to ask thought provoking questions. Yes. Well, you're so, great at that. You're just know that. why you're shouting. That's all we ask. Know why you're shouting. Alex, you have anything to say for 100? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, enjoy. We'll see you for 101. Bye. 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 Thank you.